How do you scale in the current world? Well, doing things the way they've always been done might not be serving you. Innovation is key. And today I'm joined by a guest who is sharing not only how they've positioned themselves to scale their brick and mortar business, but also how to position themselves to scale digitally. And I'm not talking about online classes. Curious? You should be. Listen in, it's a value-packed episode. Well, hi there, I'm Sarah Glanfield. I'm a business and marketing strategist just for boutique fitness studio owners like you. If you're ready to be inspired and make a bigger impact, you're in the right place. All you need are a few key strategies, the right mindset, and some support along the way. Join me as I share the real-life insights that will help you grow a sustainable and profitable studio. This is the Pilates Business Podcast. Welcome back to the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm Saran. Thank you so much for joining me here again today. Now, you guys know how much I love to bring Um, interesting folks onto the show to share with you insights that can help you to build and grow your boutique fitness studio business. And sometimes I bring in people who are in the Pilates world and some who are perhaps a little bit outside of the Pilates world. But regardless, I find that no matter what, there is always something to learn that we can take away and apply to your business growth and development. Now, today is no exception to that because I'm here today with Curtis Christopherson. Curtis is the founder and CEO of the Workout Platform, which we're going to talk about a little bit shortly. But with over 20 years of experience in the health and fitness industry, Curtis is also the owner of Innovative Fitness, which is North America's largest network of premium personal training studios, soon to have 23 locations. He was also recognized as Canada's top trainer by Impact Magazine and has been featured in notable publications like Forbes. So welcome, Curtis, to the Pilates Business Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. And I've got so much that I want to talk to you about today and all of the different things. But why don't we start off by, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us a little bit about your brick and mortar business, um, how you got started and the journey that you have seen to what it has become today. For sure. I mean, I'm going to try to condense that because it's been about 21 years or 22 years. Uh I, I played high level sport growing up, uh, was academically and athletically inclined. And as I was finishing my degree in kinesiology and, and a minor in business out of Simon Fraser University here in Vancouver, I I, I thought I'd apply uh, really my schooling and education to do something I, I thought I would be, I'd love and enjoy. And that would be personal training. I, I'd worked in the recreation world for five, six years before that, um, or for five to six years. So ever since I was 16, I was kind of in recreation. And I thought, you know what, why not apply my education? And I thought it was gonna be a stepping stone for my career. And I, I had ambitions and desires to do something else. And and when I started training people, obviously we do it because we're, you know, we love helping people. It's a lifestyle, it's flexible, um, and you work with great people. And at 22 years old, I, I, you know, I thought, you know, I'd do this for one or two years, and then, sure enough, six months in, I made a commitment to uh, invest my own my own facility, and I took a four hundred fifty thousand dollars line of credit at 22 years old, uh, which is 
Yeah. Yeah. I guess I was, I was ambitious. My eyebrows uh, are raised. You guys can't see me right now. I'm like, <laughs> I was very ambitious. Um, I remember coming home, telling my parents, I said, Hey, I think I'm going to invest in a gym. And they're like, you're crazy. You're 22. And I said, Hey, listen, what's worst case scenario. The worst case scenario in my mind was I would do it. I would fail at doing it. And then I would have a debt that I would have to get a good paying job and pay it off over time. And that was absolutely worst case scenario that I thought of. And so I embarked on that journey. I opened my first facility at 23. And from there, you know, we, um, we worked with the other, you know, partners in the business. I had, uh, you know, I, there was two other founders and, and, uh, and we grew the business. We created systems and structure and we built a, a community-based business that had a really strong purpose with strong values. And we scaled that business uh, well beyond ourselves. Uh, you know, we quickly went from three locations to 11. And then we went to 15. Uh, we survived COVID. Well, we've survived multiple bubbles. So we survived the 2003 tech crash, the 2008 financial bubble um, and recession, and then obviously survived COVID. And, and uh, during COVID and before, we were exploring how could we capture a little bit of the magic that happens between the service provider and the customer, we always saw that there was some unique magic that happened uh, in that interaction. And so we started investing in technology in 2019. Uh, we accelerated that technology in 2020 when our, our physical locations were closed down. And you know, fast forward, here we are, 15 locations um, with a roadmap of 23 in, in the next year. And we have a physical platform, a digital platform that enables and helps wellness professionals across North America to monetize the influence that they have with their customer. And so, you know, I know we're going to, you know, come back to that, but that's a little bit of the journey. And, you know, in about two minutes of, of 20 years packed in there. <laughs> I appreciate you condensing it down because I have, but I do have a lot of questions to ask you as well. So obviously growth. Um, beyond yourselves and to the scale that you have um, requires systems, which you mentioned. And so talk to me a little bit about how you and where you began in the, in the in the early days or where you perhaps even see now the most important systems playing out in your business. Where do you see the most impactful systems in your business? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh you know, first off, where where we started. I remember reading the E Myth book, and and the E Myth. If you haven't read it, if you're a business owner, I highly recommend it. It's a little bit dry, um, <laughs> yeah. but after you read it the third time, you'll you'll realize the benefit of it. Um, scaling up personal service is really difficult, right? We don't sell a widget. We don't sell even food. We don't sell food at the end of the table. We sell a personality and we sell a relationship. And so, scaling a business beyond ourselves require a lot of uh, structure and focus on. You know, implementing the things that we all do what really well. You know, as an entrepreneur or someone that you know even has their own book of business, you're an independent operator. You have great clientele. You have great retention. You know how to service those people. You have to teach that next person that you hire to deliver that same quality of service with the same level of expectation. And the reality is, usually that doesn't happen. And so, what we did is we put structure and systems around everything from you know how you pick up the phone, scheduling, billing, invoicing, how you treat your customer, you know, the, the amenities. But really, I'd say that the systems that we, that we uh, really focused our attention to was actually around the people. And, you know, personalities are quite dynamic. Human beings are quite dynamic. 
Um, but how can we provide a framework and a structure and a system that we could, you know, essentially enroll other people that we hired into the same vision, into the same purpose, into the same customer service expectation. And we spent a lot of time doing that. And so, you know, we believe that when you focus your time and attention on the people that you hire uh, and that you work with, you know, uh, and you help them grow both personally and professionally, it's only going to impact the business directly. And so a lot of our time is actually helping, you know, our new employees not only become great trainers, you know, tactically and technically, but also grow as a person. And so we have systems and structure on their onboarding process, not being not just about being a great trainer, but really actually how to grow as a, as a professional, as, a, as grow as a person. So we spent a lot of time doing that. And it positively not only impacts who they are, but it positively impacts the business. And so, you know, a lot of the systems and structure is, is obviously on the basics, scheduling, billing, invoicing, cancellation policies, all of those, you know, things that I think you should do. Um, and many of us probably have, but it's that next level. How do you actually provide structure and systems around continual education, continual empowerment with the people that we have in our business that are delivering the services at the expectation that we have for them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And and so can you give some context to how much time you dedicate in your business to onboarding a new team member? Yeah, that's evolved a little bit over the years. Um, <laughs> before we used to, uh, it used to be almost like a two-week to three-week tryout um, before we even hired them and paid them. We believe that if you want to be part of the team, you had to put in the time on shadowing and evaluating if 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 they were a good fit and if we were a good fit for them. Uh, you know, obviously employment laws and things have changed over over the last twenty years. But you know, you know, overall, we have a three-stage interview process. Um, two interviews that are traditionally like you meet with someone, you have some specific questions you have for them. We go quite deep on in our interview process and our interview questions. We have a tactical and a technical interview. That's the third interview. So how do they actually, you know, what's their competency uh, in delivering the services? It doesn't have to be perfect. We obviously have a team and, and management that can support, you know, brushing up their skills as a professional. And then after that, it's about a two-week integration process. We 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 talk to them and we have a you know, onboarding process, it's about three to four hours. It talks about our philosophies, our values, our service expectations, and really being refining and being aligned with what we represent as a brand. And then there's, you know, three to four hours around how to actually be a phenomenal service provider as a, as a technical trainer and ensuring that our, the, the systems and approach is, is relatively consistent. There's some wiggle room. You know, if you have a, you know, a sport background, as an example, or you have some other experience or another certification, you can continue to provide that, that your own flavor. Like that is totally fine. But relatively speaking, we have to come from the same philosophy. If you're going to scale a, a business, the service has to be relatively the same. After that, it's about 10 days of shadowing and integrating in the business. So how do you shadow an experience, shadow a, a training session? How do you train our staff? So you, you know, they they essentially take what they apply, let alone their education experience. And then they go through the process of training our staff before they train our clients. Because when you scale a business and you have lifetime value of like, we have a really strong LTV, which is, you know, lifetime value of our customer, our average customer before COVID stayed with us longer than six years. 
And in the fitness industry, that's significant. So when you have someone, and we had clients that have been with us for 12, 15, 18, 20 years, all 20. And, and so when a new person comes in and, and joins the team, their expectation of a trainer that's been with us for seven years com- compared to the person that just started, like they expect that the service is, is consistent and the same. And so we have to bridge that gap during the onboarding process. We have to make sure that, you know, the gap isn't 70%. If it's five, that's totally fine. You know, people would expect that people have to find their footing, but it's it's our job to really bridge that gap and also hire great people, people that have education experience and have aligned values. So yeah, I mean, that's, it's about a two and a half to three week process. And we were really diligent with that. Right. And it's a very, it sounds like a very involved process as well. Cut touches on everything from values to the interaction with the clients, as well as obviously some of those, like you said, you know, the admin side of things as well. And there's a lot of, you know, parallels just to, for the, you know, for those listening, you know, if you have, if your work, if your studio or you work in a studio where you work one-on-one, you know, that's very similar to personal training business, right? And so I know a lot of folks in who are perhaps studio owners may be thinking, oh my goodness, that's a lot of time to dedicate to training someone else who then I'm going to give my clients to who, what happens if they then leave and I've given them all this training and benefited them. And then I get none of the amazing results of the, if they had stayed, how do you kind of manage that or deal with that? Is it, is there some, do you, do you, is there something that you do in your business specifically, or is it sort of a mindset approach that you take? I think the, the first thing is it's, it's totally a mindset. So you know, if you're going in with the fear that people are going to take your clients and leave, um, I think you have to be cognitive of that, and you can have systems and structure and 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 um, you know some expectations, contract expectations or or contracts in place. But it's also a mindset. Like that's the mechanics. The mindset is: Are you do you have an abundance mindset or a scarcity mindset? Do you have a fear based mindset or do you have a you know open and awareness mindset? And I think it starts there. Uh, I, I think also the only way you're going to scale your business beyond yourself is by hiring people. It's just a reality. And if you're going to fear doing that, then you got to be okay with the fact that you're going to be a service provider, do this as a as a lifestyle job, as an example, deliver and manage your own clientele, and you know have the restrictions that that come with that. And those restrictions are, you know, that when you travel, you're probably not getting paid. Uh, you know, that, you know, by the time when you wake up when you're 50 and you're still training people, you have to be okay with that. And that's, there's something for everybody. But if you want to scale your business beyond yourself, you have to be diligent and okay with hiring people and know that there's a risk with that. But if you put the energy out there and you empower people and you invest in their personal development and professional growth, you know, it's, it's, and you give without any expectation, nine times out of 10, it's going to work out. You know, and, and, uh, you know, we've had all of our setbacks and heartbreaks, myself included, you know, put all this energy and time and effort. And I had one employee and teammate that was phenomenal for our business, worked with us for nine years. I had her at my Christmas dinner three times with my family because she didn't have any family locally. And, you know, she left, you know, only to take clients with her, you know, which was a massive disappointment and I was frustrated, but there was lessons in that as well. And, and I think, at the end of the day, if you're doing it with good intentions and you invest in time and people, you have structure and systems to back it up and support it. Um, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta do it if you want to scale your business. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. Um, and there's there is so much more to 
you know, I think there's so much more to that, that mindset element as well. I think that is often where people stumble with their growth. So tell us a little bit more, you know, given that you have obviously scaled your business to the extent you have, and there's more to come, where would you say, what would you say are some of the biggest things that hold people back? What specific things have you seen that might hold people back from reaching their full potential in the business? I think number one is that they go in with the intention that they're the celebrity, you know, Pilates instructor or trainer, and they build a business right away about themselves. So, you know, whether they call it Curtis Fitness or Jenny Fitness or whatever, um, that's probably a limiting factor right there. You know, you've built a business around your brand and your name. And then the only people like people only want to train with you or, or work with you. And so I think that is a limiting, you know, uh, factor right from the get go. And it doesn't mean that everybody has to go and, you know, change the sign on their door tomorrow. Um, but think about that. Like if you have, if I had a business called Curtis Fitness, probably people are going to more inclined want to train with Curtis. Like that's just inherently what people want to do. And so we didn't do that and we didn't make it about the person. We made it about the brand. So that's number one. Number two, we truly believe that most fitness professionals, whether you're a yoga instructor, a Pilates instructor, a, a personal trainer, we get really excited about the tactical and the mechanics of our jobs. So we get we get further education and certifications, and there's a long list behind our name that might include MD. And we we feel like that we have to um, be this technically proficient individual, and that's all we focus on. And there's nothing wrong with that. People expect you know really thought out, um, experienced, educated. Uh, you know, tactical service uh, experience. But the reality is, is that we're human beings. And usually when someone is is working with a fitness professional and a wellness professional, it's because they're not satisfied either where they're at, who they are, or aren't accountable and motivated to do it on their own. Those four things, right? Like, you know, and and 90% of the time, it's probably actually like people don't come to you in the first experience or the consultation and say, I have low self-esteem. I have low confidence. No, they say, I'm looking to lose the next 10 pounds. I'm looking to get stronger. I'm, you know, so they say these things, but really there's a deep rooted emotional behavior that they're not quite satisfied with where they're at. It's not because they're bored. It's because they they want to get better and they want to perform better. They want to live longer. They want to feel better. Uh, they want to look better. And so if we know that about people, that's mindset. Like if you look at holistic wellness, five spheres, there's the physical component. So that's the tactical component. And then there's the social, spiritual, intellectual, emotional. And if there's 80% of it is on the mental and the mindset, then we have to make it about that. And so if we don't make it about that, if we don't, you know, greet people and make them feel welcome when they walk in the door, we don't give them praise. We don't create community. If we don't do those things and it's strictly about the tactical experience, then it becomes a transactional experience. And so people come there for three months or six months, they get a great, great phenomenal service, and then they leave to go do something else. Nothing keeps them coming back. So you have to connect with them emotionally. And that's all about creating community. So that would be the, the second one. And then the third one, I think, is just the systems like we talked about. Like, if you don't create systems that people can follow, then the service cannot be consistent. Like, it's just a reality. So the more people you have, the more likely people are going to have 
um, inconsistency. And the reality is that you lose trust. Trust is the is the cornerstone of our our, our business. Doesn't matter, you know, especially in the service industry. And trust is built over time. It does not scale fast. And it scales from consistency, a consistent behavior or a consistent delivery. And so if you want to build trust, which then builds loyalty, you have to have consistency across the board. And so that's what, you know, and and you can do that through systems and the accountability around those. Absolutely. Systems around what the experience looks like, the interactions that people have with the clients of this business, and then also systems around, like you mentioned earlier, onboarding and training a team so they can deliver on that experience that you most want your clients to have in the studio. So I want to change direction now a little bit and talk about your latest endeavor, which is the platform we mentioned earlier, Workout. Tell us a little bit more about what Workout is. Yeah, so it's evolved. Uh, In 2019, we started developing software and we thought that we wanted to capture the magic between the customer, um, the service provider and the customer, you know, both in, in the physical locations and outside, you know, and it wasn't an engagement platform, like a programming platform. And it wasn't entirely going to be a scheduling, billing and, and invoicing platform, even though we had that functionality mapped out. But over time, it's evolved now into a strictly a recommendation platform. And what a recommendation platform is, there's not many of them. Um, in fact, there's none. Uh, is that we found that this trust that I talked about is that most wellness professionals develop relationships with their clients and they've developed a level of trust. And on the community level or on the local level, they become, you know, a confidant, let alone, you know, uh, someone that people go to for questions or answers around their health, well-being, wellness, uh, you know, and it could be even questions around supplementation or equipment or whatever it might be, advice. We, as as these level of, of influencers, local influencers, we provide, you know, programming or provide recommendations or provide advice based on our education, experience and expertise. And we don't get paid for that. You know, we get paid usually for the one-on-one service that we provide or the group class service we provide. We don't get paid for all the questions and you know, the things that people come to us about because we're thought leaders or we're, you know, we have a level of expertise that people, you know, want to lean on. And what we found is that the only people that were getting paid for recommendations or advice were social influencers. You know, if you, unless you had 200,000 followers on Instagram, you weren't getting the brand deals. And so what we found is that there was a unique thing that was going on behaviorally, you know, all these local wellness professionals were making recommendations and providing advice and they weren't you know, they, they, they couldn't monetize that influence. They couldn't monetize that advice. So we built a tool where we partner with all the leading industry brands and products, everything from equipment, wearables, and, and nutrition like supplements. And now all these leading brands and products that we already recommend, you know, now that you recommend them, you can earn rewards. And it's anywhere between 10 and, and 18% commission. And it doesn't come out of the consumer's pocket. You know, in fact, we have map pricing. So basically, it's the lowest pricing that you're going to find anywhere, including Amazon. Uh, but now, instead of the product companies paying the advertisers, such as Facebook and Google, to access their customer, they're paying for the advocacy of these brands and products. And they're rewarding the behavior that already is being done. And so it unlocks revenue streams for for the wellness professional, and it makes it easy. So now you don't have to send people down to the street to the local retailer 
and not monetize off that influence. And you have all sorts of different brands on the platform, everyone from HyperEyes to Thorn, um, supplements to equipment, TriggerPoint, um, many, many um, brands that we all already know and are all already recommending to our clients and, and even using or even have perhaps considered trying to sell inside of our studios. So this is a wonderful way to really be able to facilitate um, or access perhaps an additional revenue stream. But the key is, and, and the most wonderful thing about this though, is that obviously you don't have to hold any inventory. Um, it's all digital, right? Yeah. So I always say that we're putting the power of recommendations in the back pocket of wellness professionals, but also turning boutique studios into wellness retailers. The biggest challenge with boutique studios is that we're not set up for retail. We don't have uh, the spaced inventory product. We don't have the cash outlay to 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 actually provide a, a good variety and and variety of of product lines, and so then we just don't do it, you know. And and when we're not set up to retail, and so now what we have is we have the ability for studio studios to actually be have digital inventory and sell all the products that they love and trust already, and make income on it or make revenue off of it uh, off those sales that you're already doing or you're already suggesting around. And so we become you know, and a, a unique touch point where we're enabling wellness studios or independent fitness professionals to sell products and make money. Yeah. And so how, you know, you, you now have, I think you mentioned earlier, almost 7,000 trainers and, and studios on the platform already. So of the people who are really monetizing their um, their influence and, the, and their recommendations, what do you, how do you see them utilizing the platform? How do people get the most out of it? Yeah. So there's a passive recommendation that always happens, right? So, you know, you get contacted, Hey, Curtis, what do you think about X? And it's a, it's a unique, you know, opportunity for me to then provide a recommendation back um, or validate what they're recommending and then provide the recommendation. So that happens, but that's passively, right? Like that's, that's hoping that someone, you know, knocks on your door or picks up the phone and asks you the question. The, the people that are actually maximizing the platform is they're thinking about all the touch points and when they can, integrate these products brands and because it's a recommendation link there's great opportunities to to insert it so number one when someone signs up they have an onboarding bundle so it's you know a supplement package it is an equipment package you know it's 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 your kit when you sign up for whatever service you're providing and so whether it's online nutrition coaching all the way to you know an in-person uh group class pilates class like what what equipment or nutrition can actually supplement or support their goals and needs. So include it in the onboarding package. Uh, it could be 30-day, 60-day, 90-day challenges that you know when you're signing up and, and creating a challenge, it's that touch point. During the holidays, people are looking for you know recommendations to buy for you know stockings and or for you know small gifts for their significant others. And so there's a unique opportunity there. You know, in, in most of us, especially if we have children, we're involved in other networks, whether it's, uh, you know, friends and family networks and or local schools and or, you know, uh, our kids and their kids sports. And so a lot of times, like even the coaches, they're they're suggesting X supplement or X piece of equipment for every kid. And no one's winning on that. Like, you know, I mean, the brands are, I guess. But, you know, and so there's a lot of ways that you can just like, you know, provide the recommendation length, then doing the work and, and setting up these bundles for those people. 
It's awesome. I'm so excited. So I'm going to link to all of that in the show notes, but really quickly, why don't you share with us where people can find out a bit more about the platform and about you and all of the things that you're working on? Yeah. The easiest way to find, I'll start with myself, uh, curtischristofferson.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook, but LinkedIn and, and Instagram, I'm very active on. Uh, and then you can send me a direct message and I'm more than happy to connect personally. Uh, number one, number two, uh, you know, we, we also have a, a newsletter called healthy ambitions. So it's all those people that have ambitions to, you know, grow and scale their business and, and live, lead a, a healthy and, and well lifestyle. And so that's uh, something that you can look at. And then the businesses work out. You know, uh, as as you mentioned, you're gonna you know share the link, but workout.com, so w r k o u t dot com. Uh, it's just dropped the first O. You know, you can find information on our store product, um, and you know get signed up, and it's a free free application, so it doesn't cost any money. There's no barrier. Uh, you know, you download it from the app store. You can do that, and then Innovative Fitness. If you want to check out our brick and mortar business, it's just innovativefitness.com. Awesome. This was such a fantastic conversation and I really appreciate all of your insights and I could keep going. Um, I, and I hope you'll perhaps come back and chat with us a little bit more um, in a few months time to talk a little bit more about the app and the platform and how all that's building and growing. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this with us today. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. No worries. I hope this is helpful to all of you listening as you go about building your boutique fitness studio business. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please go and take a quick minute, go to wherever you're listening to this and rate and review this podcast. It would mean a ton to me and would make sure that this uh, podcast gets out into our community so that more teachers and studio owners just like you can feel encouraged and supported on their journey in our industry. Did you love this episode and want more? Head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business. And before you go, one last reminder, there is no one way to do what you do, only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day. Mm-hmm.